So, momentous occasion today. It is. And it's not about beer now. No. It's about cake. About cake. Another <laughs> sugary product. Another sugar-based product. Yeah. But it's for a reason. And I'm going to show everybody the cake. Look at that. You may notice it's subtly adorned. <laughs> we, we were promised cake if we got to a, uh, a thousand. Thousand listeners. Thousand listeners. So, so thank you, everybody. All thousand of you out there. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be tucking into that cake later on. Yeah, thanks, Mum. Let's <laughs> <laughs> take her all week to listen a thousand times. Exactly. So, very good. Uh, okay, very good. should we start our podcast for this week? We should do. Yep. Okay. Hello again, everybody. This is the SME Growth Podcast from Wellmeadow, and we're here to talk this week about content leveraging. So lots of content on content leveraging. So stay tuned for that. I'm Dave Perry, and with me as ever, you won't be disappointed to know, but Richard is back. Richard, I'm back, back. You weren't here last week. We had another Richard. Yes. Felt very confusing. Yes. Well, this is Richard Buckle. We've got the back. real McCoy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, last week I was um, in a rose garden. Being very cultured, right? So, some of some of you may have seen my video of that on Instagram. I, I did. It's doing quite so well, actually. Did you spend a lot of money on roses? Yeah, I got away quite lightly, to be fair. It was a birthday trip. I birthday believe. trip. It was a, yes. My wife, roses are on trend this year, apparently. So, I was making content about roses. Mm. There we go. Good, okay. good segue there into the. Uh, so, if David Austin Roses wishes to take advantage of our services, we've got a head start there. Then we. We know what we're talking about. We know what we're talking about. Well, <laughs> at least my wife does. And uh, I'll rope her in. I'm becoming an expert. So we wanted to talk today about content leveraging, content creation, all in the context of trying to help companies in their growth yeah. journeys to get more content out there. Yeah. So I suppose like any good uh, discussion on a topic, we need a definition to kick things off. What do we mean by content? What do we mean by content? Well... You put me on the spot now, isn't it? <laughs> Check out, what's, what's content? Yeah. Well, I suppose content is anything that you're that you're creating that is going to add value to your audience, isn't it? So it's a very broad term, isn't it? Yeah. Stuff. So, you could just call it, call the, it the stuff, stuff we put out there. Stuff we do, but I think, yeah, I guess narrowing it down is it's around it's around creating something that your audience values. So whether it's so so again, this is back to you know previous discussions we've had around buyer personas and things like that. If your buyer personas are people that just want to be entertained and laughing, will make some funny TikToks, make some funny stuff. No, you know, we all like that kind of content. Does it help you win work, win leads, help your business? I don't know. Maybe in some very narrow cases, maybe it does. But content is going to be specific to your particular business case. So if it's around, you know, if people want white papers or ebooks, you that's what you've got to produce. If people want to see something on TikTok, then that's what you've got to produce. So you've got to target it. Now, that's not to say that those different bits of content are mutually exclusive. A lot of those bits of content can support each other. So shorts, um, reels, TikToks, whatever, could support an ebook, yeah. which in turn could support an email piece of content. So we are so, talking here majority about the digital world. So we could yeah. have all sorts of content, you know, which is more physical, but in a digital context, like you say, it's everything from the ebooks or the shorts yeah. and the reels and you know the video based stuff could be the audio based stuff. It could be blogs that support blogs. it. It could be LinkedIn posts. Yeah. Facebook posts, whatever, even emails that you send out to people, the footer of an email, you know, all these things yeah. come under the general banner of content. 
And it's going to, yeah, and I'd always say that, you know, content is context specific. Mm -hmm. So you've got to understand your context in terms of, okay, what's the channel? Who's your audience? Yeah. What's your message? And and make content appropriate to that. Right. So why is it important then? Why is having lots of the right type of content in the right context, why is that important for businesses looking to drive more attention, more leads, more conversations? Well, I think that attention word is, is, is important. So attention spans are shortening. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got, you know, things like Instagram and TikTok and just everything. Life is busier now than it mm. was years ago. And so I think something like the average attention span is around something like eight seconds or something. There's some study that's been done oh, by yeah. Microsoft or someone. Uh, even that sounds quite long really when you think about eight seconds passing if you count them off yeah so if you just think back to like okay if you're scrolling through something online or just researching something now yeah how how quickly do you pass over things how quickly you know if you don't see what you want immediately yeah if i if i'm googling something that i know very little about i'll get the google results i'll hold the control button down as i click the various links so i've got a load of new tabs opening and then i don't spend eight seconds on each tab yeah. very quickly decide am i hanging around on this tab or not no yeah. x at the top that tab's gone forever go on to the next one and yeah. then i find the one i want well, i was doing that yesterday for looking for some acoustic foam for this ah, uh, for podcast, our podcast studio. Yeah. and yeah it's interesting if you kind of almost you know almost have that out-of-body experience mm. but you're but you're looking at a website and immediately you're making a judgment right so you're yeah. thinking right does this resonate with me does this look like a company i want to deal with does this look like the right kind of imagery the right kind of tone all yeah of those it's interesting things. if you break it down what are we looking for when we make that mm. snap judgment in less than eight seconds four yeah. seconds whatever it is yeah. so certainly can i trust does it look interesting you know so, so yeah. is it trustworthy enough that what i'm reading i'm gonna make a decision based make a decision based on that is this something that I can use? Is it useful? Not just is it entertaining? Yeah. In, in which case, great, I'll watch it but move on. Or is it entertaining and useful? Has it captured my yeah. attention in, in an actionable sort of way? So I guess we're looking at all of those sort of things. Is it is it going to engage me? Yeah. So I think that's important. That and get, I always think around it three different things. So does it is it going to educate me? Is it going to um, engage me? And is it going to entertain me? Mm. And an element, you know, maybe it's not equal pie on that but there's mm. some element of those i think needs to be in every well, it goes concept. back to the rethian concept of the bbc oh, yeah. for those old enough to know educate entertain and inform so yeah it's the same sort of it's still media isn't it we're trying to capture well, attentions yeah. and do something with it go back even further to aristotle with logos pathos ethos <laughs> i say oh you bit of culture on that me there SME. yes, yes. one nil so, so have you um, got some stats on this because i remember we were talking about this the other day there were a few stats floating around that you'd looked up I had written them up, but I haven't written them down. Oh, you've uh, written them down for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're giving all our secrets away. So, yeah, so I guess there's a couple of those where content marketing, on average, generates three times lead the number of leads mm-hmm. as outbound. So Yeah, now when I saw that one, I, I thought about that. And actually, that does sort of ring true with me if I'm thinking, does that just pass the smell test? And if I look at the emails I get, which are very, what we would call outbound mm. in nature, very shouty, you know, we've got a new employee, we've won an award, we've got a new machine, we've got a new product, got a special offer. I tend to p- pass over that because that's just more of something else I wasn't interested in. But as soon as I get an, in, an email that tells me something I didn't know, or it, I might educate myself by reading it, that's, in, that's inbound, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that stat is, you prob- that probably needs some parameters around it to say over what time period. So, for example, if you were to say, right, let's let's just do an email campaign or do a load of ad campaigns now, you are going to generate leads off that. Yeah. Um, but that's that's the fire that needs constantly fueling. Mm. So you've got to keep doing that all the time. I wonder if, though, it gets a different type of audience engaging. 
know, if you sent out the special offer, we'll do everything you want for half the price, you know, type of offer, you're going to yeah. get some response. Yeah. But maybe those customers don't stick around for so long. Maybe they don't even convert as well to customers at all. They're just nosy or... Well, we've seen business. that recently with a client with Instagram, haven't they? Who mm. had a lot of, you know, big Instagram yeah. following and... But their CRM is full of, um, full of Instagram leads followers that, that never do anything that else. That nev- are never going to buy. I think what what the timeline for something more content-driven inbound is probably, you know, maybe six to 12 months before you're going to start to see the results. But then those results are evergreen because yeah. you've got that content that's going to live there forever. Maybe it needs a quick refresh, not... Well, here's a stat for you. And I didn't write this one down, but you mentioned it to me the other day. That client that we've been doing this sort of work for for coming up for three years now that we were just talking about, we reckon the total value of inquiries they've had is over 100 times the investment they've put into the marketing. Mm-hmm. And that's a conservative estimate. Yeah, That's just what we've managed to nail down as inquiries where yeah. there's some link that we can spot. You don't know about the stuff yeah. that, that isn't being measured. That's pretty impressive, right? If I said to you, do you, do you want a lot of uh, RFQs, requests for quote to come in yeah. for, a, for a value, then I'll give you 100 times what it's going to cost you yeah. to get it. Most people would buy that. And I think it's, it's one of those things that does take, it takes time to create the content, but it also takes time for it to kind of propagate. And so you've got, you know, if you imagine it that you've got a couple of pieces of content out in the world, it's going to be very hard for people to find that. Mm. If you've got a hundred, then you've got more chance. If you've got a thousand, you've got 10 times chance of a hundred, you know. Yeah. So over time, it takes time to build the content. Um, but once it's out there, things like an ebook, things like all the social posts, blog posts, everything, over time, the cumulative effect of this is that I think you do then reach a tipping point where it's, this is now starting to work and there's enough content out there for people to think this is legitimate, yeah, this I guess is it's real, a bit like this is... The way we used to think about getting first page of Google search or something yeah. you, you, is, a, is a major step up, isn't there? A difference between being 11th or 10th on a Google yeah. ranking. Uh, you know, maybe you could argue that's still important, but there are lots of other channels as well where people find out about stuff. I think as well, there's another stat that we came across today that says 67% of um, B2B customers start their journey online. Mm. So again, this is why it's important to have this online presence, to have this online content, yeah. because if people are now searching for it, and I just think, you know, I'm, I'm amazed it's 67%. I mean, that's, like, mm. you know, kind of everything is, unless, I mean, maybe I suppose if you're in an industry where you know, you know, Fred or Stan or whatever. Well, or repeat purchases. Repeat purchase, yeah. but. Yeah, I think the other stat you mentioned was that 90% of B2B buyers looking for a new supplier use online mm. Uh, and looking for informative content. There, there's a survey done, wasn't there, about how many of them really rely a lot on useful content, case studies and something that's highly yeah. applicable, visual infographics to help understand a problem or understand someone's Yeah, 60-odd percent of B2B buyers will rely on content like that, practical content yeah. that shows them. And, and that's, that's the problem, isn't it? Because companies aren't very good, on the whole, of producing that type of content. Yeah, And we've seen it time and time again, but companies out there that maybe have you know very good internal marketing teams but they're so busy and they're generally commenting on you know someone's won a new award or they've been to an exhibition and yeah. they're, they've got very little material to go on they're doing their best they can but with relatively little input so right. they're having to recirculate stuff it all comes back to trust doesn't it really you're creating this content to, to to show you've got credibility to show that you can talk about your subject area in with a level of expertise and to, and to almost start that process of building that relationship isn't it and this mm. is where i think you know, a lot of companies perhaps haven't caught up with the culture where the culture now is very much kind of, you know, everyone has their kind of influence or their people they go to online to, you know, what do they think about this? Yeah. What do they think about this? Who is, what do who, Dave and Rich think on the SME Growth Podcast? Yeah. Well, let's dial it's a trusted the, news source. 
exactly. I get Well, we had that this morning, didn't we? I got my news from Instagram. You got yours from the Times. And it was the same story. Yep. Case proven. I'm old. <laughs> I did at least look at the digital version of the Times. I didn't unfold and get my servant to iron it for me. <laughs> the listener's not watching the video. That was nearly a I nearly ruined, spluttering. I nearly ruined a microphone there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the so, other good thing I heard just it relates to something you said just now as well about uh, trusted sources and that tipping point. Because one of the, the clients I was talking to the other day said that they, the SME podcast came up as a suggestion for him automatically, not suggestion, it auto-played mm. after he was listening to another podcast, which is quite unrelated, but it was in the business field. He'd listened to the most recent episode of that and it yeah. clicked over and started playing our one. I think it was the one on um, recruiting veterans last yeah. week with Richard, the one before. So that's good to hear as well that Clearly, we're reaching a point with this. Yeah. Back to our thousand listeners. Well, you've got to keep plugging away with it. But, and I think this is why, you know, if we move it on to say, well, why do, why do we see this disconnect then where we've got a culture, at yeah. least maybe perceived or of, of content creation? Everybody wants to be a content creator now. Everybody mm. wants to do stuff. And yet we have this kind of lag sometimes in the SME world of businesses saying, how do we, yeah. you know, we don't, we don't, we don't have time. We, you know, right. um, we don't have the people, maybe. And and that I think ends up in it becoming a very ad hoc approach to content creation. It's almost a one, two, three of major reasons, isn't it? Yeah. I think number one is not realizing that it's a problem, not being aware enough that they need to be producing an awful lot more content. That the amount you need to produce is probably ten x what even most old school business yeah. leaders would expect. Then when they get that and realize they do, they say, "Well, we haven't got time." And then they say, well, even if I had the time to talk to somebody, we haven't got the resources and expertise to, to leverage it and get it out there. I think some of that as well. I think you see this fear, this, hesita this hesitancy to start. Mm. You know, can, Is anyone going to watch it? Is anyone going to look at it? Is anyone going to engage with this content? And so you get that kind of, you can get a lot of negativity around well, this. Well, and, and, and you're right, this, it's a slow start to inbound. It yeah. is a cumulative effect. After three years where you've been doing it for a long time, you've got so much stuff out there that it's all coming in yeah. quite nicely. But for the first three months, six months, you, you're putting a lot more effort into do, generating you're it than yeah. you getting back. So you've got to hold the hold the line, really. You know, Keep the faith, and, like it, and it comes in. Wayne's Wall 2, isn't it, where they, you know, if you book them, they will come. <laughs> putting on the festival i can see this cultural reference has been lost on dave <laughs> <laughs> but yeah okay so we've seen a variety of approaches you know ignoring the problem that like we said about before you know not even being aware of it even yeah i just think you come back on the ad hoc approach you, you've got to be systematic about this and disciplined yeah, okay. i think a lot of companies do ad hoc marketing um, oftentimes when they see yep. you know cash or sales dropping right now we've got to do some marketing yeah Turn up the wick. Totally the wrong time, unless you can do something that's going to turn around very quickly. And if you've got a product or a service that you can turn around quickly, then that's fine. If you've got long sales cycles, then, you know, this is something you need to be systematic with, yeah. disciplined with. And it is hard. I mean, we, we, you know, it's a struggle. There's other things we could be doing with our time now than doing this. Yeah. But because, you know, we're faithful to our listeners. Well, and I'm, I can smell that chocolate cake, <laughs> which is there. <laughs> Desperate to tuck into it. Just we're building our tribe, as they we're say in Newspeak. So, so yeah, so you've got to be disciplined. Um, Another thing that disappointed me, uh, I heard about a company the other day that didn't want to invest so much anymore in doing this sort of activity, the lead gen content creation stuff, because they're already busy enough and they have enough leads. Mm. Well, if you think, well, that's fine now, but if I come back in six months, 12 months time and the froth has gone out of the market, you know, the economists are talking about the bank or the government having to 
trigger a recession just to take the heat out of this inflation problem we've got. Well, if in six months, 12 months time, you're suddenly, oh, hang on, it's not quite so frothy. Now I need some more leads coming in. Well, the time to have done that was 12 months ago, wasn't yeah. it? It's the old adage about if you're on an oak tree, your best time to plant the acorn was 30 years ago. Yeah. Second best time is today. And that's where you've got to have visionary business leaders who understand that there's a long lag between the effort you put in and the rewards you reap. It is. It's, it's, yeah, I was watching um, Gladiator the other day. I got the, felt Gosh. the need to do a refresh on that. A rewatch. A rewatch. And um, they're not remade. They were remaking one of them. They remastered it twenty years old. It was like twenty twenty five right. years old or something. Film. Yeah, I thought they were going to actually remake it. They remake or it. Gladiator oh, two. You or something. Gladiator two. Like the return. <laughs> Everybody dies at the end. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. The but, afterlife. But it's uh, yeah, it's that you know where he's running through the through the woods. You know, hold the line type of thing. And I think some of this yeah. is is a hold the line thing. It's very hard yeah. to show straight away what the return is. I need strong leadership. And it? it's and it's like no, we're setting a course here, and we're gonna we're gonna see it through. Yeah. And 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 it's not blind faith with this, but that's why you need the numbers around the data, yeah, to see what's working. But but it is something that is a discipline, and it it, it requires that kind of gumption to yeah to to keep going with it. Okay, so but, is there a better way of doing this then? You want something that's a bit more systematic, you've reached awareness of it, but you've still got those other barriers of not having enough time, certainly from those experts that need to produce the material for the marketeers to do something, and you maybe haven't got enough of a team in your marketing department to do something with it. So is there a better way? Right. Tell us, Rich. Funny you should say that, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out there is. Is there? <laughs> Thank goodness for that. No, so, I mean, we're, we're, we're you know, this is, I suppose disclaimer this is what we do but we're, <laughs> we've always been quite happy to to share our processes because yep. you know we well, it's used easy to, to copy if someone wants to do it feel we free, used to please. um do a lot of exec level recruitment and we've got a whole ebook on the website which details our process in probably yep. too much detail no, um, but it's designed for people to but, do but you know if you no, want so a five thousand word ebook on how to design a recruitment process then yep. Go to the website and check it out. Well, we've but, done similar on on this process as well. So and and this process board meetings because it's not so much the process. Anyone can have a process. It's it's mm. it's really about a lot of the thinking around it. But I think you know back to that kind of a process led approach to developing content, whether you outsource it or whether you build it into your own business, is the way that you can really kind of start to make strides with. Yeah. And if you're a, a, of a size, either large enough or marketing is that critical that you want the in-house team to do that, absolutely great. There's clearly benefits in being able to do that. The, the cons for a smaller firm is that scaling down the team, you can't just have one person who's expert in everything. To, to get a critical mass of expertise on a team, you need three, four, five, six people. Depending yeah, so that's an interesting point, I suppose, isn't it? It's, it's, you know, years ago, maybe you could have got away with one person on a marketing team. Mm-hmm. Because you just got to make an ad for the, yeah. you know, local newspaper or something. Whereas now, because we're moving into more, you know, digital, technologically driven mm. pieces of content, you need someone who can design stuff for, you know, ebook layout, InDesign, Photoshop. Someone who can yeah. do video. Someone who can do podcasts. It's much more technical, isn't it? You, know, so you need the arty bent, the creatives but you've got to be quite adept at a lot of the software these days. And the amount of different packages of software that our team use, it's, I couldn't uh, use them all. And then even like, then you start to just create, the more content you create, the more data you're going to create. Mm-hmm. So what you're going to do with the data, you're going to have yeah. a data analyst who's going to look at that. You're going to have someone... Well, we said before, one of our campaigns can cr- produce a terabyte of data just in the, the initial phases. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm talking all about data in terms of the actual 
lead gen numbers okay, and yeah. all that as, yeah, well, as well. As well, yeah. So Both sides. you know, I guess even yeah. But back to that point, you need a whole infrastructure around how do you even manage all these files that are huge yeah. and all of that, and someone's got to think about all of these things. So the whole complexity of content creation, just from the number of people you need, the number of equi the equipment, yeah. the data it generates, the information it generates, all of that yeah. is too much for one person. So if you need that team of, say, four, five people, choose your own number, to get that balance of the skills you need between the creatives, the technical and everything else, then, of course, if you've got the capacity or the will to do that internally, that's great. If not, then other agencies exist, other but agencies, that's yeah. how we've set ourselves up to help. But I think that part of the process is to, is to say, right, the expertise always lies in the business. So... And I think oftentimes it can be dormant. People need, you know, it needs yeah. to be brought to the surface a little bit. But it's, it's, you need to have a process that says, how do we capture the expertise and the essence of this business without it taking a huge amount of time? Because that is always the barrier. The, the people who've got the knowledge in their heads are normally the busiest people within an SME. Yeah. They're either the owners, they're all the experts, they're, they've got a hundred other things to do. And I'm sure lots of listeners will relate to this. You know, when you have a bit of a marketing drive, says, right, we're going to get everyone to write a blog once a week or something. Mm. And it just never happens. Yeah. It never happens. Yeah, so and if you get one out of them, you don't get the second. And then it's all, and none of it's joined up because you've got some person that wants to write about this or this or what. And the temptation is always or, to be too salesy. So you're not getting the tone of voice right. And it's going to be a different tone of voice for everybody who does it. doing it. So we've developed this process really yeah. to address these concerns. And and you're right there that that's one of the two main objections I always hear when I try to get business owners to think more seriously about it. One is that time thing. There's only a few people in this business with the expertise to write that stuff. Yeah. And the other one is we couldn't possibly get anybody else to do it because they don't understand our language, our tone of voice or whatever. Yeah. So we came up with this approach, which, you know, we're cutting straight to the chase is video led. It's the the idea is to capture that expert yeah. in a very efficient way, capture their views, their message, their language, their tone of voice, their their phrases, their familiarity with the subject. Capture that on video first, but then turn that into the hundreds of pieces of content you need to be able to proliferate mm. through this process. Yeah, that's the essence of it, isn't it. That's the essence of it. And then I think once you've got that, once you've got that time, I mean. You want to think through before you start videoing what it is you want to achieve out of it. Yeah. Um, and then think through, okay, so what information do we want? What questions do we need? What What do we want to get out of this person's time? Who are you talking but, to? Who are you talking to? What's the audience? Yeah. Is there anything you want to bring in from like a maybe a ESG or CSR type of angle? You know, do you want yeah. a comment from them on sustainability or do you want to talk about, I don't know, whatever issue there is that is... That's, um, Environmental Pertinent. sustainability and governance or corporate social responsibility. Oh, just trying to be cool. <laughs> Not all of our listeners are as, as uh, acronymed up. Acronymed as up. So, yeah, I remember being in a meeting once having to explain what a KPI was. That was most a key performance indicator, yeah. That's the one. Yeah. We'll so, glossary, <laughs> glossary of, of uh, every tip. But, mm. but, yeah, so. So I guess if I talk through like what the what the steps are yeah, of the process, idea. just yeah, so that to give people some practical tips on this. So yeah, the first bit is a plan. So you've got to obviously logistics of organizing who you're going to interview, who you're going to mm -hmm. talk to, but also okay, what questions are you going to ask? Um, try and get as much out of it as possible. So really think through your questions rather yeah. than and then in terms of what what kind of content do you need? You want to make sure that you're not running on to you know, one question leads into a half hour answer, that's mm. gonna be really hard to edit. So there's a bit of discipline involved in thinking, well, okay, what, how do we break this down? You know? And just out of interest, how much detail do you go into 
and sharing it with the person you're going to be videoing beforehand. Are they having to put a lot of work in up front as well to come up with? No, I think we, we always we always try and say you know, they're normally busy people anyway, right? That's mm. why this whole approach we having to take this approach. Yeah. But I think if we can do at least a you know a good couple of drafts of questions before it goes to them, then yeah. that helps. Um, Sometimes it does. It is beneficial to use a bit of AI just to research the project a little bit, yeah, or just conventional googling around. Conventional, or, yeah. So, so coming up with those, are. coming up with those questions, um, and not be too detailed on it. I think is another trick, isn't it? If yeah. you try to almost write the script beforehand, it's going to be wooden and not free flowing. Yeah, I think. There's, I mean, th there's different things here. If you want something. If you want someone saying something specifically, yeah. you need to give them a script. Give them the quote. Give them yeah. the quote and just ask them to say it and don't be afraid to say, right, yeah. let's do that again because that wasn't right and, you know, those sorts of things. But if you want something that, you know, it's very hard to get people to, you know, read a script without it feeling very wooden. Well, you don't get the passion, do you? No. If someone is really deeply expert in a subject and passionate about it and wants to share that, you, you can't fake that. No. You get my camera on in the flow and you just ask, ask that right question and they're off. So the so key things in planning, know who you're talking to, so who are your buyer personas, work out, okay, what where what's the end result of this content? Where's it going? Get your questions nailed down and, and work through and you know, don't leave that till the day before to make sure you've got everything sorted on that. Um all your practicalities around what you need, kit, location, location. which can say it? which is another mm -hmm. big thing around, okay, what what do you want this to look like? You know, yeah. is it just someone at the desk? Or do you need something that fits yeah, the is business? Is it newsreader style? Is it something with a nice background? Is it two people talking to one another or even a group discussion broader? Are you doing lots of cutaways to B-roll stuff to give yeah. it context? Or as Can an you example get recently, yeah, yeah. we had um, screen recordings because it was a software-y type product. Yeah. So as the person was talking about it, you could see a mouse being moved around. And you could have permissions you need to get depending on where you want to film, who's going to film, yeah. what people can say. Weather. Weather, that was that. a big one. We wanted um, B-roll of external shots of uh, a company. And the first day when it was raining, so we had to go back. Go back. So there's, there's a whole lot of stuff there around just planning and being organised with it. So then then what we tend to say is if you can give us an hour or so with each person that you're talking to, mm -hmm. we can run through all of those questions. It normally takes, you know, not many people are kind of media trained mm -hmm. within an SME world that most people don't like being on camera. It's it's a bit nerving. I like you, Rich. You oh, love it. Well, I do. <laughs> <laughs> now, in post, that's going to definitely have that little <laughs> twinkle coming out your eye. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, but we're used to it. We're, we're doing this every week and have been for a while. Yeah. And, you know, mm. I can gab. So it's one of those. But so you've got to kind of break, you've got to, get, you know, if you're interview, you are interviewing someone in your business and you've got to find a way of trying to relax them into it get them talking, yeah. build a little bit of rapport, do the shoot. Um, and then once you've got all of that, hopefully if you've planned out everything that you want to get from it, you've got your now raw information, it's a case of going through and saying, right, how do we create a whole load of content out of this from shorts, reels, Instagram posts, yeah. maybe combining it into an ebook. So structure your questions into a way that is... Yeah you know, chapter headings and subject headings, that could type of thing. Could be a fact sheet, could be FAQs. Could be, yeah. Just your, your imagination can run wild. Yeah. But the, you've got the content then. You've got the content. And it may need a bit of supplemental information, but you've got the bulk of it there. Yeah. So, and then once you've got that, you can, you know, then think about, okay, what's your campaign structure behind that? Mm. So how do we want to promote this? Is it something that we're, you know, we're going to take the video, create an ebook, create a whole load of video information around it, but we're going to push it out on LinkedIn, mm. track that back. 
you know, push it out onto other social channels. Now, interestingly, I was having a discussion this week with someone who's quite interested in this process and is looking to maybe engage us to do it, but they don't want to do it on HubSpot, which is our mm. natural environment. And that's fine. We can produce, you know, a huge zip file or a, a hard drive with all the content that you need. Yeah. But I can't emphasize enough how much easier it is to have a platform, whether it be HubSpot, Salesforce, or, or one of the many others, to be able to put this content onto, into, in a structured way. You can time delay everything you need all the responses can be automated it, yeah. you, you can set it all up at the beginning while you're in that mode and then you can almost turn your back on it and it will happen you still want to be monitoring it but it will do its thing over the next what three four months yeah. more even yeah you've got to i think you you've really got to have if you're going to create a campaign around this that's got hundreds of bits of content coming off it you've got to have some marketing automation you can't just leave in, in a folder somewhere and a reminder in a calendar all no. need to do a bit more on so you're going to create this huge net of all this content that all of it is going to point so it's almost like creating a funnel here that you're saying well or, or yeah so that you've got all this content spread out maybe 100 200 pieces of like social post content there's all of it's pointing back into a landing page or a pillar page that's got the main bulk of the asset that you've mm. you know interviewed the expert on all of that, then you're gonna you're gonna want some kind of gated content because you're gonna want to get the email address from person, so you can start nurturing that lead. Well, that that could create a huge amount of work for you. Yeah. To then say, how are we going to follow up with this? Someone's downloaded the asset. You want to then nurture them through a, maybe a drip campaign or something. Mm. So you're sending them an email every couple of days once they've downloaded the ebook and. Yeah. So and that's before you get into A/B testing. A/B testing. You know, the landing page could be A/B tested. Yeah. The nurture emails could be A/B tested. So, so having marketing automation alongside this is is pretty critical, I'd say, yeah. because otherwise you're just going to be inundated with yeah. responding to emails and sending. So it's going to be interesting for us to do a campaign like this without us having that control of putting it through HubSpot. So mm. We'll have to keep a close eye on that because we don't want to make sure it's it works right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, good. So they're the they're the four or five steps that you've talked about that we go through. Yeah, done a lot of that before, haven't we? Done a lot of that. Yeah, we've mentioned HubSpot. That's where we tend to park all this stuff. Yeah, maybe worth a quick mention as well that at the tail end of that process, when the leads start coming in, there needs to be some thought put into how we're going to try and convert those leads as well. Yeah, I know that then is tend to be the handover point between marketing and sales you get yeah. something called a marketing qualified lead and you hand it over but then there's a whole new world which is probably the subject of another podcast of how we take and nurture those leads and you know, build a, an opportunity do the qualification and yeah maybe that's a good sales. follow-on podcast from this one because yeah so i mean we, maybe to close out so the, the most recent one of these we did for a client generated close to 80 leads within a couple of weeks yeah um and yeah and and that was from jay he gave us a great testimonial to that effect and said that it's still producing leads every week ever since. Yeah. You know, it's the gift that keeps giving. But then it's okay. So now what do you do with them? So you've got yeah. them. And now what Now what do you Now what yeah. do, you do? Make sure the follow-up is there by a human after the automation yeah. triggers it. Good. Okay. Well, that's a bit of a tour de force then on content leveraging. And really a call to arms from everybody running a small business looking to grow. Think enough ahead. Think 12 months ahead or more. Hold the line. Keep the faith. Produce that content. And if you haven't got the internal resources to do it, then leverage what you can using external agencies like yeah. ourselves or others to make sure that your experts get their thoughts down and it's turned into stuff that will work. Because if you're not doing it, somebody else will. Yeah. Exactly. Good. I think that means it's now time for us to tuck into our Eat cake. cake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to show that on the camera again for anybody else who's hungry. We've got one of these to come. Pop by the office. You can see if there's any left. <laughs> It'll be got long gone. 
So thank you again for listening and watching to the SME Growth Podcast from Wellmeadow. It's one of a series of weekly podcasts we do on various topics to help you run your business. And we've got, had a few guests recently on some good subjects and we've got some more lined up over the next few weeks. So hope you come back and enjoy some of those. As ever, I ask you to subscribe and like our podcast wherever you find them, but also tell anybody you know in, in business and otherwise what we're doing and just help to spread the word and we'd be very grateful. Good luck with your business. 